It's always on the fucking third time that I get these bloody intros right. So here we go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Black Ink Podcast. My name is Jake Kerr, and I'd like to welcome you to the 54th episode of the Black Ink Podcast. I'd like to welcome you to your Monday, your new week. Today is the 24th of October, 2021, which means that you have roughly seven or eight weeks until Christmas, which means if you definitely want to give something, uh, if you definitely want to give someone something from Black Ink this Christmas, I would recommend getting onto it now because just to allow enough time for, for production, allowing enough time just in case you live on the other side of Australia or something crazy for postage as well, and a little bit of leeway afterwards, just you know, you know, just to be on the safe side. If you want something for for someone from Black Ink, get onto it now. And look, you're probably wondering, Jake, why are you already tripping up over your words? Let me give you two answers, okay? First is, when you're doing these podcasts back to back to back, it's hell easy to get into a rhythm and just start fucking punching straight from the get-go. But I've had like, I had Friday off and Saturday off and today's Sunday afternoon. So I've had the best part of like two and a half days off and I feel like I've got fucking rocks in my mouth. I feel like I've got sand in my brain, but I'm going to shake it all out. I'm going to get back and get back my momentum and keep this train going. I also have been on my Harley all morning. It is now... Almost four o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, I uh, met with my dad at the Jalore Up service station at about 10 o'clock. We went with the Harley Owners Group, which those of you who are familiar with the Harley Owners Group, they're called the HOG Club members, H-O-G, Harley Owners Group. It's an acronym. If you don't get it, don't worry. But um, yeah, basically, they're a bunch of... Uh, how would you best describe the Harley Owners Group? I think... Um, look, the boys that I ride with would call them softcocks, but they're not, all right? They're just... They are people who own motorcycles, who own Harleys. Um, I probably should mention that when you buy a Harley, you actually um, automatically become part of the Harley owners group and they send you out patches and pins and they send you out a yearly thing where, you know, like a magazine keeping up to date with all the things that are going on with Harley and all the rest. And I think it is like collectively one of the largest like motorcycle groups in the world because by default, everyone who is... Um, who buys a motorcycle that's a Harley Davidson just kind of, you know, automatically becomes one. And it's really cool because I feel like the demographic of people that, that ride Harleys have definitely gone from, I'm not quite sure how you would uh, de- define the people who used to ride Harleys, but for the sake, for the lack of, you know, for the lack of better words and from the lack of my experience as well. So if you're part of the old crew listening to this right now, hundred percent understand that I'm just coming from my 28 years of bullshit experience and you probably get it a whole lot better than I do. So don't attack me. Just shut the fuck up and hear me out. Okay. So I see it as Harleys were kind of a... That they were a vehicle for people who didn't quite fit in. You know what I mean? They were definitely a vehicle for rev heads and all the rest. But it's like, if you ride a Harley, you're someone who's kind of into it for yourself. And like, it, I can understand from a societal point of view, you might think that people ride Harleys to show off. And I think that's actually the furthest thing from the case. I think there are a lot of people who do ride Harleys to show off, sure. And they get the fucking, the loudest and the quickest and the this and that, just so that everyone, you know, notices them when they ride through town. But I think... One of the nicest things about Harleys is it's really hard to find two Harleys that are exactly the same. Like I've got a soft tail slim and I ride with another bloke who's got a soft tail slim and while they're the same model, they're completely different. He has different pipes, he has a different paint job, different bars, he has a different setup, he's done different engine modifications. Um, they're released pretty much the same from Harley, but one of them is a standard, one of them is an S, which means one comes with a 103 cube, one comes with a 110, mine's the 103. So it's like when I look at his bike, I'm like, I can see how it's the same model, but it's a totally different bike. And if I rode his bike, it would be a totally different bike to ride as well. And I think that's the fun thing about Harleys. And I know, you know, there's there's going to be some people out there saying, yeah, you know, you can customize a Yamaha and you can customize a Triumph for an Indian and all the rest. So that's very cool, man. 
But I think we both know that the comparison between Harley and everything else is fucking apples and oranges. Like the way you can customize a Harley and also the fact that the Harleys have been seen as a customizable and customized vehicle from the get. I feel like, you know, all of the customization that comes uh, with these other brands has kind of come after the fact so much so that, uh, how would you explain it? Um, Because people have been fucking with Harleys for so long, we're now in a time where there's so many parts and accessories and all these different things available for Harleys that we're starting to see the most bizarre things ever. We're starting to see things that like you believe that it's in front of you, but you don't believe that someone has actually done that with a Harley. So I feel like that thing that Harleys like evoke out of people is this like sense of like individuality crossed with freedom. There's something about being being behind the bars of your Harley that kind of says like, this is what I like. This is the thing that I built. And I'm, I mean, I know that term I built has gone from something that you built in the shed with parts that you had to find and all the rest to like, you know, to, to, cl- to classify, classify yourself as someone who built a bike. You can just be someone with a decent amount of money who paid a bike shop to do it. But regardless... I mean, if you've got vision for your bike outside of going like, oh, I saw a guy who rides a soft tail and I want to create the exact same soft tail as him, as long as you're not one of those dudes and you're someone who actually goes like, I'd love to build a soft tail. I kind of want, I like the night train look, so we're going to black out the engine, although I don't want the, the flick on the guard. I'd rather have a nice rolling thing and I want to have eight hangers and running boards and, you know, you can just really go crazy with it. But going back to it, the Harley Owners Group is essentially a group of blokes that I would say in general, they all bought Harleys kind of later on in life. And because they didn't grow up riding with like, or because they didn't grow up kind of um, specifically, you know, seeking out these riding groups, like I feel like I'm kind of involved in the middle, in the, in the moment. Sorry. I feel like I'm kind of involved in that at the moment uh, in that I'm always looking for new people to ride with and I'm trying to kind of round everyone together now using the Black Ink banner to get to a point where, you know, I can just host Black Ink rides and, you know, we get a good turnout and we get people meeting people through that and we build a real sense of community in that, you know, it's not just having, it's not just the idea of like having that community so we have someone to ride with. It's having that kind of uh, like community where people can buy, swap and sell parts among, amongst each other and not have to rely on shops. But, you know, if you've got, if you ride with 30 or 40 people that all ride the same make of bike, uh, make, uh, make of bike as you, listen to my words today, I'm fucking slow, I'm sorry. But if they all ride the same make of bike as you, then that means you can just, you know, oh, you got pipes, you got a derby cover, does anyone have a spare front wheel or whatever it might be? then at least you can refer straight to the community before you go outside and have to start paying new prices. The second part is like belonging to the community itself. It's having a group of people that you know and that you see on a regular basis and you care about them and they care about you. I think we overlook this so easily. It's so easy to forget that the reason that you hang out to see people, whoever they might be, is because you care about them and hopefully they care about you. So that when you do fall into those times in your life that we all experience, right? Those those rocky, those shitty parts that no one wants to talk about, especially the types of guys who ride bloody Harleys and act tough all the time wearing gold chains and all the rest. When you fall into those kind of negative dark times, you've got people like you. You've got people that feel the same way about the things they enjoy doing as you. And it's easier to talk about the things that you don't want to talk about when it comes time to talk about them. Having that community, having that sense of like, Fuck man, life not might not be that great, but I know in two weeks' time I got a ride coming up. I know X, Y, and Z is going to be there, and I'm fucking hanging out to see them. And maybe if the time's right, I might talk about this thing that's been on my mind. Maybe it's about my missus or my job or fucking X, Y, Z. Fill in the fat, uh, fill in the blank, you know. So I really feel like creating that, creating that that area where you can make friends. You know, sometimes 
it's hard it's hard to remember how to make friends. I feel like the older you get, the less opportunities to make friends come about. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, you could find yourself 25, 30, 35 years old, not quite knowing like, fuck, where did all my friends go? All the people that were so close to me only like five or 10 years ago now seem to all have their own interests or all have different ideas about what friendship is. And I feel like having these things that we belong to, whether it's riding motorbikes, whether it's fucking sandboarding down hills on on snowboards or you know whether it's learning the piano in a group or whether it's a book club whatever it might be if you've got a group of people a community it's the first step into finding that sense of like belonging to something greater than just you know what your life is involved in so amen with one of the like really important things i find about uh kind of the aspirate one of the one of the more important elements of the aspiration to wanting to build this community as well is that i feel like um Maybe it's because we grew up with the internet, kind of, you know, my generation. Uh, I can I see all the things that are possible on motorbikes, and I want to achieve them myself. I mean, I've just gone out and bought a Honda Grom so that I can learn how to do wheelies, and I can learn how to do rolling power skids, and I can learn how to do stoppies and endos, and just all these kind of fun things on a motorbike. So I would love to be around other people who are trying to achieve that as well. You know, I'm sure there are people in this town that want to fuck around on their motorbike and not just save it to fucking spit shine it on a Sunday so they can show it off going down the main street of town, but actually want to go out and thrash the fuck out of it. They want to do stuff. They want to drop it. They want to pick it up and keep going, you know? So we build this community. We'll find each other. And, you know, we work hard now so that in two years' time, we've got great friendships and great community and, and all these things, you know? So when I look at what the Harley Owners Group is, it isn't essentially like, I think the parts of it that that are easy to call like, oh, it's a bit of a soft cock part of the group is like, you know, they ride the speed limit, they stop every every town to make sure everyone's all good or if they need to go to the toilet or whatever it might be. They're very, um, they're very, uh, you know, like I don't think anyone smokes cigarettes that, that I was riding with today and there was like 10, 15 of them. And that's, that's a great thing that no one smokes cigarettes, but it's also super fucking weird that you pull up at a pub and you get all these fucking dudes jumping off motorbikes and they got patches all over them, even though they say like loud pipe save lives and, you know, Harley owners group, Albany chapter and all the rest. So, but not a single one of them lights up a cigarette. You know what I mean? They all kind of take off their dry rider jackets and politely go into the pub and then order a meal and don't create a racket. You know, it's not saying there's anything wrong with that, but there's definitely the element of like feeling like you're hanging out with scumbags when you rock up to a, to a, a, a pub or whatever, like, and not that I think that anyone that I ride with is scumbags, but I think everyone can agree. Like when you pull up and you're with other, when you when you're with a group of people who are on Harley's, it's really easy to just feel like, yeah, we're the fucking misfits. We're the ones who just rock up and have some fun, sort of thing. And I think that might even just be a young thing. You know, when I compare riding with these guys to riding with everyone else, I really find that that is just like a, a fucking young and full of energy and testosterone, sort of thing, rather than like, yeah, I don't want to say anything fucking rude. That's all I'm trying to protect myself from, but. Dude, what the fuck do I know? So that's why I'm dressed in this bloody... What do you even call this? Uh, Dad always called them farmer shirts. Why I call them farmer shirts? But I think they're like... Oh, what are they called? Someone Flano, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone yeah, someone called me out the other day. They're like, we're in a flannel. I was like, yeah, farmer shirt. What are you talking about? Mm. But yeah. So I've literally just got back. I put my Harley in the shed. I uh, I expected to come home to Larissa and Louie bloody jumping all, or jumping all over me, but... I came home, the house was locked up and empty, so I did what any respectable young man would do when the house is empty, and record a 45-minute fucking podcast, you know? Because that's what you do when you have time alone at home, right? Right? Anyway, I, uh, I, 
I've been playing with this kind of pretty big idea lately, and it's something that uh, I don't want to come out and just um, go, oh, I think I've figured this out, you know, because it's it's one of the, when I say it, look, I'll just say it, okay, because I don't want to build up to it and then forget to say it, which is what I tend to do sometimes with these podcasts, but so basically I've been thinking, and it's something that we all, or I feel like humans should be building up to this thought, even if they're not thinking about it directly, they should be thinking about it kind of peripherally in a way where it kind of gives fiber to the things that you do every day, right? And as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, whoa, Jake, you're taking a big bite. You're taking a big motherfucking bite. And yes, I am. Because what I'm talking about is the meaning of life, right? So let's start from the start. The meaning of life is obviously a subjective thing that is going to be individual person to person, right? But there must be some sort of meaning, some sort of definition to what the fuck we're all doing. Because sometimes, well, not even sometimes, literally every day, I feel like most moments of every day, you can look around and just go like, what the fuck is going on? What's the idea? Like, am I just trying to stay fit and healthy enough for long enough to meet the right person that I want to procreate with to keep this damn thing going? Or is there some sort of progression that we're making as humankind? Is there some sort of like goal, the light at the end of the tunnel that we're all somehow subconsciously working towards even though we don't know what the light looks like and we don't know what part of the process we're in and we don't know whether we should be moving sideways forwards or backwards to be making progress sometimes it feels like it might all be for nothing it might be a big coincidence that we're here that we are some weird product of evolution that maybe wasn't meant to go this way you know maybe we weren't meant to figure out one particular thing that's made such a massive effect in in the whole series of what humanity's gone through you know maybe we, we, we weren't went to have opposing thumbs and now we've got fucking iphones you know what i mean like it's so easy just to look around and think like considering how fragile we are considering our consciousness embodies this fucking water balloon of blood and bones and somehow is meant to protect us from ages zero to a hundred and somehow fit all of these experiences in between it's so fun to think about and at the same time it's almost harrowing because you feel like there is no answer to that but i've noticed i have noticed that only since i've really kind of allowed myself to be actually involved in this thing that i'm doing when i made the decision like right i'm going to do black ink until it either either fails or succeeds I'm going to keep going until there is no other option other than reaching the highest peak of the mountain or seeing that there is absolutely no potential, there is no possibility left. I have to turn around, I have to go get a job, right? There was nothing in between. I didn't want to I didn't want to go like, "Oh yeah, well if I had, a, you know, given it a little bit more, I guess it would have taken off." I made a decision and I said, "Fuck no. This is exactly what I'm going to focus on until it gives me a definite answer," right? And dude, I was scared. I was 100% scared, but that's a whole fucking point. Because never in my life before had I liked something enough or had I had enough interest or passion in to go, this is a thing that I'm going to focus on for the rest of my life, right? And let's talk about just that for a second. You know, I think the difference between like what my generation is going through now and what generations went through only 100 years ago, it was so easy for an individual, whether that be male or female, a young individual to decide at a young age what they were going to do and then follow that through for the majority of their working life or career because they really didn't have any didn't have any real access to options and what options meant and what options were and what was possible for people to achieve, not as fucking individuals, but just as the fact that they were people and there are other people achieving things so therefore they can achieve them. I think now, I mean, I was born in 92. I grew up with the internet being kind of a serious thing about 16, 17, 18. And by then, I could see that there were professional athletes making a living. I could see that there were people like Justin Bieber found at 14 and had fucking, 
20 times the amount of money I was ever going to have by the time he was 21. So it was like, for me, I had access to this ability to have a perception outside of what you thought you could achieve. And like, I don't know about anyone else, but I definitely had the thought of like, well, I'm just this kid from, you know, I I guess Bunbury in general. I'm just this kid from Bunbury. Like, I'm never going to be anything big. No one ever big came from Bunbury, you know, but then you see that like, oh, but you know, take Justin Bieber, for example, he was just a kid out of some town in fucking or city in, in Canada. And like, you start to realize like all these people, like, at the beginning, we're just this person who wasn't that significant from somewhere. You know what I mean? And the internet gave this to us. It allowed us to see all these potential and possibility in other people and, you know, ultimately ourselves. And I think the thing that this gave me, when I made that decision, I didn't understand what I was doing at the time, but I, I, I did understand that I was starting some sort of journey, you know? And this is the thing that, like, you really have to understand when you're in that position is that you're not starting something with it all mapped out. Like even when you start a business, you have a business plan, you're like, right, here's all the things I'm gonna put into place, all the money I'm gonna spend, the people I'm gonna hire, fill in the blanks, and here's the general idea of what we're trying to achieve. But it's not until you balls deep into it and you've done all the things that you said you were gonna do and you've had some wins and you've had some fails that you start to understand what you're actually doing. And even now, while I'm however many months into this, I'm not quite a year yet into this like revamp of Black Ink, I'm still trying to understand what I'm building. But when I step away from what Black Ink actually is, and I look at the process that I'm going through as a person, as a man, as a human, trying to build this thing, I start to understand that there is something to having something that requires you, and it requires you in the equal amount that you want to do it. Not need to do it, but want to do it. So something needs you as much as you have the passion to do it, that you're excited to do it. And even if you might find that the tediousness, the tediousness or the, you know, whatever it might be, how, how long something might be or how much of the, how involved you might have to get, all of that doesn't really matter. It's about knowing that there's some sort of process and an end result that you have to give yourself to and you're going to be happy about that's when you start to like actualize what I'm talking about. And this comes down to a very simple word and it's purpose, right? So I find that now that I have some sort of like, I have some sort of direction every morning when I wake up, it's like, and and, and this is the thing because like your ultimate goal is so big that it has to be broken down into nuanced little elements where every single element has to kind of be you know, like obviously different from one another, all pointed in the same direction and all working towards the same goal. So whether you're waking up to do this bit, this bit, this bit, this bit, or this bit, the point is whatever bit you choose is all pointing in the same direction. And that direction is your purpose, you know? And look, as I say, I'm in the middle of this. I'm not even in the middle of this. I'm at the, I'm at the beginning of the start, you know? So as far as what that purpose or what that goal is, I'm still unaware, but I'm part of something that is moving in a direction. And in moving in that direction, the things like, where's the next fucking, you know, where's my next phone bill going to come from? Or where's the next fucking, you know, next time I need to pay rent, where's that money going to come from? Or the next time I want to release something really, you know, none of that matters because I'm on the path right now. When you're on the path, when you're on, when you have that purpose, nothing seems to matter. 
And then everything else likes to dip its toes into that pool as, as you go along. Now I find myself making decisions differently because not only do I need to make sure that, you know, like last night, it was a Saturday night, there was a decision there whether, you know, do you go out and you have friends with, uh, go and have a good time with your friends or do you make sure that your fatigue stays how you need, need it to stay so you don't get behind the eight ball sort of thing. So then, you know, obviously I can't apply myself like, would I be recording a podcast right now? And if I was, would it be of this quality? If I had a gone out last night, would I have gone on this ride today? See, here's another, here's a weird little nuance uh, example, right? If I, like, I see this ride today posting little, you know, I think I posted three or four stories in different towns all with the same bikes, just showing that I'm out doing something in the motorcycle community. That adds to my brand, right? Now, compare that to half a dozen stupid drunk Snapchats out last night that are going to get lost in the mix of stupid drunk... Sorry, I shouldn't have said Snapchats. I was talking about stories. Stupid drunk stories, whether they're on Facebook or Instagram, they're going to get lost in the mix of other stupid drunk stories. Unless you're doing something crazy, that doesn't do anything for the brand. People skip by those stupid... Oh, you got a, a picture at your favorite club or you got a picture with your mates who like only three of your followers know. Like None of that speaks anything. But if you're out taking pictures doing... you know, I, I see myself as some sort of brand within the motorcycle community and on top of that I'm out in the motorcycle community doing motorcycle things then that helps my brand more and obviously puts me in a position where I can come home I can record a podcast I'm doing some screen printing after this tonight and so on and so forth so now that decision last night where do you want to go out do you want to spend that money do you want to do this do you want to do that or we can stay on track we can go to bed tonight wake up tomorrow morning pray hydrate go ride our motorbike get our work done do some screen printing you get another fucking good day in the bag for black ink you know what i mean and that all goes back to that decision at the start saying i am going to give this 100 percent, so that if this doesn't work i can at least say i gave 100 percent. you know what i mean it's one of those and the more i think about this the more i think about like is this really the meaning of life there has to be maybe it's a you know to have purpose and you know, but I feel like everything rolls back to having a purpose. A lot of people, they get to a certain point in their lives where they realize like, oh, I'm living for my kids. Your kids are the purpose. That's the whole point. You know what I mean? Like it's really hard to go to work and work 12 hours or nine hours or eight hours or whatever it is for five or six or seven days a week or get on that plane and fly back out for another two weeks or another week. It's really hard to do all that if you don't have something at the end of the tunnel that you're working towards. And a lot of us put it down to like, well, maybe this is the this is the next step. Okay, so now I'm going to think out loud on camera, which is the fucking scariest thing to do because if I fuck it up, whew, it's on me, you know? But maybe there is something to do with the integrity of purpose that perhaps dev- defines our character, right? Maybe. So what I mean by that is if your purpose is to pay off a house because... You know, your parents bought a house when they were young and they worked and worked and worked for 25 years and then got the house paid off and now they've got a house paid off. And maybe that's your purpose. So you went out and you spent $290,000 on a house and now you're on a hundred and something thousand dollars a year. So now you're trying to pay that house off as quickly as possible so you can say that house is paid off, right? That tells me, well, doesn't tell me, let's say it tells yourself that you've put a lot of your kind of... Uh, Mm, let's say morals, oh, virtues, no, a lot of how you see yourself, a lot of what you think your greatest achievements are in replicating the things that your parents did. 
And hey, there's nothing wrong with replicating what your parents did as long as you have pressure tested it, as long as you've really fucking made sure that they made the right decisions at their age based on the elements and then you've done the same thing as well, going like, right, am I going to be able to actually repeat what they repeated? Do I have any other parties involved with this? Do I have any other kind of dependency that I need to take into account? Am I happy to live the life of fly and fly out two and ones for the next five or 10 years, whatever this needs to be paid off? Do I have the maturity to understand what the next five or 10 years actually means? Do I know what going through my 20s and my 30s is going to be doing fly and fly out? You know, do I understand what it's going to do? The pressure, pressure of my relationships to my friendships, to my hobbies, to my to my person, understanding who I am. Am I happy to go through all of these things? You know, and then right. So I, I know I'm going down the fucking rabbit hole on, on that one particular thing. But now let's take, for example, and I'm only going to refer to myself because I know what I'm doing intimately. I understand the process that I'm going through. And I have taken a lot of time. to. Th- I'm not saying that I've thought about everything, but I've tried to give it as much critical base thinking as I can to make sure that I'm not digging myself a hole that I'm not going to be able to get out of. And when I compare that to myself, the purpose that I'm doing this for is to, and I've said this plenty of times on on the podcast, ultimately, I just want to create enough income that we are financially free in that Larissa doesn't have to go and do her job, that we can spend more time together, even if it is both of us working this business, but ultimately working towards something where I can just enjoy my life with the person that I love and the dog that I love as well. You know, to create uh, to create an income, which means that I'm able to spend time with my dad and I'm, I'm able to go and see my mum who's in the eastern states and I'm able to spend time with my friends doing the things that we enjoy doing. And we can, you know, if I've got a friend who fucking all of a sudden needs a motorbike because he's broke, broke down, being able to provide him with a motorbike. So it's not like I want tens of millions of, uh, of dollars. I just want enough to be able to provide for my close friends and my family to do the things that we like doing and love doing and spending time together. So I feel like this purpose like, uh, and this is what I mean. Sorry, I'm all over the fucking place right now. This is what I mean. When it comes down to like the hard work and what I have to give up right now, knowing that that is the light at the end of my tunnel, then I have no problem giving up whatever I need to right now to make that happen. And I'm, you know, luckily I'm far enough down that track now where I can start to see the light. It's a little speck in a very long tunnel, but it doesn't fucking bother me because it's a, it's a speck more than what I had. And I've been, go- I've been pushing through the fucking darkness with no idea whether there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And now I can kind of see it. So now I'm just in overdrive. Now I'm recording podcasts on a Sunday afternoon when I feel like smoking billies and going to bed. Because why the fuck wouldn't you when the light is there, right? Compare that to the person who just finished off after fucking, you know, three years or four years. Just He just finished off paying the interest off on his home loan. And now all he's got is the capital, you know? I'm not saying that mine's better or worse. I'm just saying that it seems to be that the, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you have to give up something if you're going to have some sort of purpose and you're going to work towards something because that essentially, that's what purpose means is that you've got something that gives you drive to push through the oppression or the negativity or the part of it that you don't enjoy. That's the whole point, right? So I find that when you... Like when you find that purpose and when you start asking yourself, like, what is all this for? What am I giving my life energy up in return for? And what do, what do I enjoy getting out of life? And how do I get that the most efficiently? And, and, and am I on the path to getting out the most efficiently? Of course, that defines your character. Of course, that starts to say who you are on a fundamental level. That is your fiber when you can figure out what makes your dick hard and your heart beat quicker. And the fact of whether or not you're willing to work hard for it. That purpose, that shit is the meaning of life. 
And if it is your kids, it's your kids. And if it's having a million dollars, it's having a million dollars. And maybe it's fucking just being the biggest guy in the gym, or maybe it's having the nicest car, or maybe it's having whatever it might be. But that's the fucking, is that, is that not the point of life? The meaning of why we wake up and do shit? Like, I don't know about you, but waking up first thing at like, I've woken up at three o'clock in the morning to drive trucks. I've woken up at three in the morning to make coffee. I've woken up at three in the morning to process, operate, fix, fucking fix plant machinery. And I've woken up at three in the morning to engage with my audience and post shit on Instagram to then go and develop shit so that I can go and sell it on my website. And I tell you which one is the fucking easiest to do. And it's the one in which I'm control of. And I don't have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I still do. And that's what I'm doing right fucking now is black ink. So somewhere in that, somewhere in that, this, you know, maybe confused, maybe onto it, 28 year old male is kind of on some sort of track where I might think that might be the reason that we're doing all of this. Because in a greater sense, if you imagine that every person on earth had that feeling, had that feeling of like, right, what the fuck is going on? And look, I understand that not everyone has the ability and the freedom and the, um, what's the word? Uh, fuck, whatever it is. They may not have all the assets to be able to do, to be able to have this conversation with themselves. But let's just say, just for a second, pretend with me. I know it's hard to pretend these things when you factor out the oppression of the world, but pretend like everybody has this same thought all at once. What am I doing here and what is my purpose? And they can figure out just a little bit of the thing they're working towards. Maybe it's to make a better life for their family. Make it, maybe it's to make a better world for the children that they're bringing up so that their children don't have to experience the same thing they did all the way up to maybe it's something like Elon Musk aspirations to be able to build a living society on another planet so that we have a plan B if Earth turns everything in between. Everything in between, wanting to create a better world for, their, for the future of their family right up to trying to build another world trying to build another fucking existence on another planet and everything in between. If everybody has that thing tied in, that that idea of like, right, I have a purpose, I have something I'm working towards at the end of the day and combining all of those things together, you can start to see that humanity has a purpose of progression. And that has been the consistent thing that we've noticed from the beginning of time to now is that humans have moved forward. We've moved faster. We've got more efficient. We've got smarter. We're able to retain more information. We're able to do things at a quicker rate. So it seems to be that this purpose, this this you know pure thing of like having a purpose and having some sort of sense of direction, this is the thing that gives you essence to your life. And you know it seems to be like when all of my uh, yeah, I'm going to say all of my friends that suffer from depression. I don't say. Many of my friends suffered from depression, but the people in my life that I have experienced suffering depression, they seem to lack purpose. I'm not saying I know anything about depression. I'm not saying I know anything about fucking people's uh, individual situations, but they're also the people that don't have hobbies. They're also the people that don't put faith in the idea that exercise can pull them out of negativity. They're people that don't have any fucking trust in the fact that belonging to a community goes so much further. And it's something that you purely don't understand until you're in it. And it's something that you forget as soon as you're out it. It's something that is only relevant through practice. You know what I mean? When you're there and doing it, you understand. When you're laughing with your friends, balls deep in a bullshit conversation that's been going for 25 minutes, you can't even anticipate, you can't imagine that happening before you're there and doing it. So it's important that you participate and be there, right? I find that when I have purpose, when I have direction, I don't have time to be sad. 
there's always the next thing to do. And sometimes the next thing to do is as fun as going on a fucking 400 kilometer ride with your old man on a Sunday. And sometimes that thing to do is writing out invoices or doing your fucking expense report or whatever it might be. But God damn it, I don't have time to be upset about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Man, I had this thought. No one's born special. You aren't special, right? And that's okay. Sometimes we get scared that we're not special. We kind of want a participation award just for showing up, but the reality is you don't fucking deserve one. And the reason the person on the podium who got the first gold medal looks so damn happy is because it's fucking hard to get there. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of the medal. It's to say that he's better than everyone else. It's not to say that he participated at the same time as you did. It's not to say that fucking everyone deserves a pat on the back for just rocking up this morning and waking up out of bed. That first place medal says that he is a bad motherfucker who didn't stop until he got where he got to. And that's the whole point. You're not special, but you're allowed to find that fucking piece of you that gives you permission to be the absolute best you can be and become special. The fact that there is special people in this world means that there is a place somewhere in this world for you to become special, but don't think you're special out of the gate. That's the fucking source to it, dude. That's the thing. When you find that purpose and you let that purpose take over every single fucking fiber of your body and become who you are and you become nothing more than the reason you're here to do whatever that thing is, that's when you become special. That's when you start glowing. That's when people pay attention to you. That's when people want to celebrate you and be on your team and be involved with whatever you're doing because you found the thing and now you're running with it and nothing else matters and that's sexy. You know, that looks good from afar. Everyone wants to be involved with that. Of course they do. Look at him go. That's the whole thing. But, I don't know. That's also one of those things no one wants to hear from a fucking 28-year-old white male, you know, who has the privileges to start their own business and start working out a home and all the rest. Oh, it's easy for you. I know the fucking argument, you know. It's not about the argument. It's about the fact that the structure of what I'm talking about works on every level, you know? And, you know, it's cool because I can start to actually use plausible examples of what I did to show you like, I mean, now I sit here with a fucking screen printer behind the camera, right? And I've got shirts that are finished over here. I've got shirts in a box over here below that are waiting to be printed. I've got a pa uh, you know a bag of 3,000 tags that are ready to go in. I've got socks. I've got fucking, I, you know, I got 50 pairs of socks in the other day. I haven't even properly released them. I haven't started promoting them. And I've only got 30 something pairs left. Sorry, 28 pairs left. Like literally over 40% of what I've got is already sold and I haven't even advertised them yet, right? I've got to a point now where like I've got scrunchies that I don't have time to advertise, but they're, they're for sale. You know what I mean? I haven't even had time to take pictures of them and advertise them on my website. Like I've got to a point where there's so many moving parts you know, I've got a, a new design ready to release, but I just don't have the time to release it. And all this started, all this started from coming up with a design and putting it, not even getting it made, not even paying to have it made, but putting it up and saying like, who might be interested in getting one of these? And then, you know, that design on that shirt might've cost me like $45 to make and I was selling it for 50. And I did that until I got enough of them to justify coming up with a fucking cheaper way of doing it and then being able to like, man, I'm, it's not the point. What I'm trying to say is like, I use the same structure of what I'm talking about right now to build this thing that I'm talking about, black ink, from one shirt at a time 
to being able to order without fucking having the sales in my back pocket, you know, 30 shirts at a time and having the screen printer and the screens and the heat press and all the, all the shit to make it with the knowledge that those orders are eventually going to come in and they're all going to pay for themselves and I get to keep the little bit of money on top. Like I've got myself to a point now where this is where I'm at and like obviously the goal is to go so much further than this but the point is like finding that purpose and not letting the idea of what you could or want to be in six months time or six years time get in the way of what you should be doing right now. And sometimes those little things, you're like, well, I guess if I was going to start a business and do all this, it all comes down to like, right, I need to get myself a, a, a pen and a paper and write down my ideas. Most people don't even do that. Most people don't even write down what they would, what they might call their business or what it might, how it might operate, or the things that they would look for, you know, all of these things are important. It's starting from that absolute minuscule place and letting that snowball into the thing that you want it to turn into. And along the way, realizing you put, man, I feel like I'm just fucking all over the place. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've had fucking just, you know, wind noise and road noise blasting my ears for the past bloody six hours. So I'm a little bit scattered all over the place, but ah, I'm just... That's the thing. That's the thing. Like you get all that time on a motorbike and no one's talking to you. You got the helmet on, you got the bars, you're going fast, you know, you're kind of having this near death experience consistently for fucking every second that you're doing over 120 Ks per hour. And at the same time, you're like almost in like this cathartic, like meditative state where you can just start to really see what you're thinking and like go back and revisit things that you were thinking about earlier in the week and expand on ideas that maybe you didn't have time for during the week. And just let things turn into what they're turning into. Like I got this beautiful idea for a new product that unfortunately just has to go on the board of list of ideas because I don't have time to even prototype what it would look like. But it's like the motorbike just really lets you understand what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And I think that's a reason I wanted to come home and just belt out a podcast about, you know, what I feel. And this, this I think it's probably important to say that this is what I think the meaning of life is right now. You know, I'm 28 years and 11 months and fucking 27 and 23 days or something old. Like, sorry, 10 months and 23 days old. This is how I feel right now. I'll probably change that in six months time. I'll probably change it in six weeks time. It'll definitely change in six years time. And it will definitely change by the time I'm 60. That's the whole point. It's meant to. But right now, this is what I, I feel like I'm getting the most amount of value from. And I'm getting the most amount of self-worth from is this idea that my purpose gives me an ultimate it gives me some sort of like i don't even know what i'm visualizing when i when i say this i feel like you know when you can say like the meaning of my life is and well maybe see even building black ink right now i feel like that is the meaning of black ink to me as a business financially speaking is to provide a means to create the best possible life for my family so saying that another way is I want to build this up to a point that it makes enough income that I could start to create the life that I would maybe have a child in. Because in my, from my point of view, and this is that there are a few things that I have understood from when I was a lot younger and I have not moved at all in my belief on these things. And one of them is like, I wouldn't have a kid if I'm working a normal job. Like that doesn't seem right to me. Like I, I can see clearly now with the relationship that I have with my dog, Louie, compared to someone who has a dog that's the same age, but has a job, right? That dog does not respond to that person because that person is not there for most of the dog's life, right? 
That dog doesn't like, they are just momentary with their owner rather than being in a fucking relationship with their owner. You know, and this is a simple truth. Like I even find that the relationship that I have with Larissa when we're living in a caravan and we were both unemployed is different to the one that we have now where I live in the, you know, I live, I work in the house and she works at her job maybe three, four, five days a week. Of course, it's different because we spend different, we're spending different amount of times with each other. Instead of a, you know, instead of your life essentially being an ongoing joke where you're constantly referencing things from the last half hour or the last day or the last two days, you kind of get this opportunity at the, at the beginning and the end of the day to continue on whatever you're talking about the, the morning before or the night before, whatever it might be. And you get in these massive gaps in you know, like the essentially the life you're building together. So for me, it makes sense that while I'm 20 something and I have all the energy and testosterone and go get them in the world, that I would build a business that hopefully, let's say by the time I'm 38 years old, is making tens or hundreds of thousands so that I am able to go like Riz, like you don't need to work. Let's go back to doing the thing that we got together for the first, for the, you know, the, the reason we got together at the start is because we like spending time with each other, you know? And now it's like, I can, sure, I can go back driving trucks right now and she can do what she's doing right now and that will work forever, you know, but it's probably going to give us the same result result that everyone is kind of rendering already, which is you get to a certain point and you get bored with each other because you don't do the things that you used to do because you slipped out of that honeymoon stage and into normal life and expected honeymoon results from a normal life effort, right? So for me, like, as I say, Let's spend this time making whatever system we have to make to produce the most amount of money we can possibly make with at the same time delivering value to our customers so that we can get back to what we like doing, right? And when I look at what having a child would be, I see it as two sides of the story, right? As far as being a father, there is the first, sorry, not two sides. There are two halves to what I'm working towards, okay? The first half is me having a life, It's me understanding who I am. It's me understanding who I am in good times and in bad times. It's me going through enough shit that I start to get a fucking grasp on who Jake is, right? It's me living long enough and experiencing enough to see like, oh, see this part of you that you do or don't like, whatever it is, that's your father. See this part of you that you do or don't like, that's your mother, right? That's coming out on you because you are a genetic crossover of these two people, right? It's going through enough things, getting out of like childhood and adolescence and beginning to like birth into adulthood so much so that obviously I'm, I'm on this path to try, I'm trying to be a brilliant man. I'm trying to become the best possible man that I can. I'm trying to be the best possible person I can for the society that I live in. I'm trying to build community and be involved in community. I'm trying to do all of these things so that when my child is born, I've got something to teach them because that's what this is all about. (laughs) You know, like what's the point of being a parent of something if you've got nothing to give them other than fucking resources? You know what I mean? And this is really, really, really important. The second half of all of this is being able to educate, translate and deliver all of these life lessons in such a way that are going to help that child make the right decisions in the future. And I know you're saying like, oh, yeah, well, you know, kids have to go and learn from themselves and rah, 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 all the rest. I get it. But that's the problem that you have to solve. If you know you're an arrogant, hard case motherfucker who if someone says go left, you go right just to prove him wrong, then 
chances are that's how your kid is going to be. So it's your job to start thinking about before that kid is even in the picture, how you're going to translate those messages to that kid, right? Do I need to build a super strong, trustworthy relationship where I can be like his best mate or her best mate and be like, hey man, I wouldn't go left if I were you. And they go, fuck, I wouldn't mind going right just to prove dad wrong, but he's never let me down before. Or do you know that you're going to have a better relationship just going like, go on champ, go left, see what happens. Off you go. This is the thing. And obviously like super fucking weird example to give. But I really find that like right now, I kind of feel lucky that I'm almost 29 that I don't have kids because I've had all this time to, you know, and building a business or having all these jobs or being in different relationships with, you know, whether they're fucking intimate relationships or friendship relationships, having all these experiences has given me half a chance to realize what the fuck is going on, to realize who I am, to get a bit of a grasp on who Jake is. So that by the time someone's calling me dad, I've, I'm actually a fucking man. I'm a person. I've got something to deliver. I'm excited about it. I'm not spending half of my energy going like, I want to build the world for you. And then the other half of my energy going like, what fucking world do I live in? You know, for me, why would I, why would I want to, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard because I, I've obviously got friends who, you know, I've got a lot of friends who have had children quite early. I've had a lot of friends that, you know, I've had those conversations with friends when I was a lot younger being like, fuck man, are you sure this is what you guys want to do? You know, and like, obviously, as you guys know, I had a vasectomy over five years ago now. And, you know, I, my reasons for getting vasectomy back then are definitely reason, are different from the reasons that I'm happy I have a vasectomy right now. But with that said, I definitely knew back then that even if I were to change my mind in the future, I'm definitely not in any position to be having fucking children, you know? for more than just like, I can't financially provide for them. I don't trust any females that I've met so far, but who the fuck am I? What am I doing? You know what I mean? I get excited going fast in cars. I shouldn't be anyone's father, you know? Think. I mean, don't take my advice. I fucking, I think I know what the meaning of life is. I think that says enough about me as a person. You know what I mean? (laughs) Anyway, look, I've got plenty of stuff going on with Black Ink coming up, so make sure you keep your ears peeled and your eyes hot on my page. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, everything you possibly can. Recommend this to a friend for me, and make sure if you can, give me a couple more subscriptions on this. As I said in that last fucking, that last podcast, I think it was a couple podcasts ago, man, it's fucking impossible to get your first 100 subscribers on YouTube, especially with no real reach on any other social media platform. So I would highly appreciate it if you go and give me a subscribe. And if you recommend this to your mum, or recommend it to your friend, or your brother, or your sister, or your side piece, or maybe you share it onto your Facebook account, look, I don't fucking care, man. Any, any, any bloody, any shout out, I appreciate wholly and solely. So thank you for listening. This has been episode number 54. Enjoy the rest of your week, because I am fucking out. Yeah!